0: Well folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right, I'm Gilberto. Willis, your host. We have a big program for you today. It's January 6th, the day that they attempted the coup on the United States of America. So I'll go ahead and start right away because we have quite a bit to cover. Where, Michael Rodney, where are they now, the faces of the January 6th Capitol riot? Uh, Jazeera examines illegal cases against some of the most memorable faces from the attack on the Capitol. More than 700 people have been arrested over the insurrection. Trump was impeached by the U.S. House of Representatives for inciting the rat, but remain defiant in rejection of any criticism of his role in the attack. Trump appears to have escaped legal repercussion for now, while most of those on the bottom who participated in a failed coup have been arrested. Those who planned and incited the auto coup have thus far slipped justice unless they too are prosecuted. January 6 will be seen as a trial run. For the next time where republic truly fails, we must learn from history that fascism allowed the festival return in the show. You guys are going to get scared when you listen to what one of our guests have to say today. Mike Rodden also writes, I found something that I particularly disagree with that I feel needs sharing and discussion especially today, as it marks one year from which we almost lost the republic. The Klein Center for Advanced Social Research coup, the TAP project, categorized the storming of the United States Senate on January 6th as an attempted dissident coup. But that classification could evolve if... Ongoing investigations reveal additional credible evidence That other types of actors were involved If further investigations were to reveal clear evidence Of the executive branch involvement Which I think it has thus far Then the actions of January 6th Would also be considered an attempted auto-coup under client center definitions, an auto coup occurs when the incumbent chief executive uses illegal or extra legal means to assume extraordinary power, seize the power, seize such as the legislature or judiciary. Auto coups have happened with some frequency in South America, and they typically involve an executive who is in power but is trying to use irregular means to sustain that power beyond that what is legally mandated. You're also going to see that it's very touchy as far as using these extra legal ways because the Constitution is not a democratic document. and. Brother Greg Pallas is going to teach us quite a few things that many don't know. Lastly, from Brother Rudnin, this article from 2012 about the coup attempts overseas seem prescient. Coups ain't what they used to be. Want to take over the state? You don't need to put tanks in the streets anymore. The self-coup, known as, in Spanish as the autogolpe. Yeah, in Panama, we call it el golpe de estado. In which a government that, claim, that came to power through democratic means Gradually erodes a country's democratic institutions To keep itself in power permanently A year later after January 6th Many conservatives still fought, fail, fail to recognize That they've seen with their own eyes As a violent failed coup attempt spurred on by Trump and Republican leadership as Republicans and pundits have pushed the big lie. That the 2020 election was fraudulent until two-thirds of conservatives have believed that narrative despite the lack of any credible support and evidence, while the retreat in social media silos and conspiracy uh, mails to get lied over and again, reinforcing their false beliefs. Last I checked, 7% of Americans believe that our democracy was in peril, and we really do face crisis. Welcome aboard, ABQ. Thank you for those three articles, excellent. E2247 says, hello relatives, today's visit will be the greatest visit of all. So says, E2247, love your brother. Bruce Pollard says, pass the voting rights bill. We do need that badly. E2247 says, Pat Leahy and Dick Durbin Senate floor speeches this morning about Jan 6 were the best ones. I didn't listen to it. I'm going to have to go find it. Bridge MCP says, hola peeps, como estas bridge, como estas mi corazón? Uh, Norman Reynolds says, plus one. I'm here, too. There we go. Yvette Herod afternoon, PDR Posse. Bridge MCP says, surprise to see D. Cheney at White House. Look, I like Liz Cheney, and as far as her daddy's concerned, you know how I feel about people. Again, he's not all that bad. If, I mean, he's a bad guy. We know that. But he's not all bad if he could produce somebody like Liz Cheney, who completely disagrees with my policies, but she is fighting for democracy in my book. I like the woman will fight like hell over policy, but I like her. Uh, Bridge MCP says, "Hi, hello, posse peeps." Carl Foster, Hillary wrote Joe Biden's speech. I don't think so. Uh, let's see. Hi, Alistair Matt Waters, you are here on time again. Anyway, let's go ahead and get busy with brother Biden because I really love Biden's speech today. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Let's get busy. January sixth the day that we live in infamy just like Pearl Harbor and all the other times when America as a country was tested and the president recently gave an address and the most important part of the address I hope people take note of it is the explanation the, bro- the breakdown of the three lies and making sure that people understand exactly why they are what they are. So let's take a listen to that and then take it on the other side.
1: Because if we have a shared belief in democracy, then anything is possible. Anything. So at this moment, we must decide what kind of nation are we going to be? Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm? Are we going to be a nation... Will we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of the people. Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but in the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. The way forward is to recognize the truth and to live by it big lie being told by the former president and many Republicans who fear his wrath is that the insurrection in this country actually took place on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020. Think about that. Is that what you thought? Is that what you thought when you voted that day? Taking part in an insurrection? Is that what you thought you were doing? Or did you think you were carrying out your highest duty as a citizen? And voting. Former president's supporters are trying to rewrite history. They want you to see election day as the day of insurrection. And the riot that took place here on January 6th as a true expression. of the will of the people. Can you think of a more twisted way to look at this country, to look at America? I cannot. Here's the truth. The election of 2020 was the greatest demonstration of democracy in the history of this country. More of you voted in that election than have ever voted in all of American history. Over 150 million Americans went to the polls and voted that day. In a pandemic, some at great risk to their lives. They should be applauded, not attacked. Right now, in state after state, New laws are being written, not to protect the vote, but to deny it. Not only to suppress the vote, but to subvert it, not to strengthen and protect our democracy. But because the former president lost. Instead of looking at the election results from 2020 and saying they need new ideas or better ideas to win more votes. The former president. And the supporters have decided the only way for them to win is to suppress your vote and subvert our elections. It's wrong. It's undemocratic. And frankly, it's un-American. The second big lie being told by the former president and supporters is that the results of the election of 2020 can't be trusted. The truth is that no election... No election in American history has been more closely scrutinized or more carefully counted. Every legal challenge questioning the results in every court in this country that could have been made, was made, and was rejected. Often rejected by Republican-appointed judges, including judges appointed by the former president himself, from state court to the United States Supreme Court. Recounts were undertaken in state after state. Georgia, Georgia counted its results three times with one recount by hand. Phony partisan audits were undertaken long after the election in several states. None changed the results. And in some of them, the irony is the margin of victory actually grew slightly. So let's speak plainly about what happened in 2020. Even before the first ballot was cast, the former president was preemptively sowing doubt about the election results. He built his lie over months. Wasn't based on any facts. He was just looking for an excuse, a pretext to cover for the truth. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Defeated by a margin of over 7 million of your votes in a full and free and fair election. There is simply zero proof the election results were inaccurate. In fact, in every venue where evidence had to be produced, an oath to tell the truth had to be taken, the former president failed to make his case. Just think about this the former president and his supporters have never been able to explain how they accept as accurate the other election results that took place on November 3rd. The elections for governor, United States Senate, House of Representatives, elections which they closed the gap in the House. They challenged none of that. President's name was first. Then we went down the line governors, senators, house representatives. Somehow those results are accurate on the same ballot. But the presidential race was flawed. And on the same ballot, the same day, cast by the same voters. The only difference, the former president didn't lose those races. He just lost the one that was his own. Finally, the third big lie being told by a former president and supporters is that the mob who sought to impose their will through violence are the nation's true patriots. Is that what you thought when you looked at the mob ransacking the Capitol? Destroying property, literally defecating in the hallways. Rifling through the desks of senators and representatives. Hunting down members of Congress. Patriots, not my view.
0: Biden, for the first time in his presidency and pre-presidency, he is actually taking on Donald Trump as he should. He's taking on Donald Trump's sycophants as he should. He gave no waiver. And there's something I've been hoping that these people would say for a long time, look, the dis- the disparity between the vote count 7 million people the largest voting margin in a very long time should have been enough to say no matter what little intricacies you find that the president of the United States the people the, the person most people wanted was Joe Biden by over 7 million votes but it's 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 more than that right uh in every respect the the the, the state courts the federal courts, the different boards found that they could not find any voter fraud. And the voter fraud that they found, those that, that fraud was Trump sycophants trying to vote multiple times for him. That's what they found so far. And still to date, they are fooling their constituents that somehow there was a lie in this particular election that somehow the election was fraudulent and then using that as an excuse to turn a less than democracy into a complete fascist state. Let's not buy into it. Let's keep on talking to those of, uh, to those on, on our right. Keep talking to them. Eventually something will sink into some. The sycophants you can't do anything about. But again, Biden with this, this uh, particular speech finally out of his own mouth the excoriation needed not only on Trump's sycophant but Trump the evil man himself occurred we- absolutely so absolutely so exactly welcome aboard uh, I saw some new Carl Foster welcome aboard Bridge MCP I think I saluted you already uh, Para ver quien aquí Barbara Hughes, welcome aboard Carl Cox welcome aboard uh, who am I missing? If I miss you, just throw me another message and I'll Norman says he's taken on not just Donald Trump, but the GOP, who is 100% supporting the former defeated president. Absolutely so. Another one, good one from, from Norman. I want to get to it because I saw it as it was scrolling down. And he said, Great note, Egberto. January 6, 2021 is as historical as December 7, 1941, Pearl Harbor Day, a day that took the mask off a set of people in a government held bent to destroy the United States of America. It's imperative because, yes, the same way the Japanese attempted to destroy America via starting with Pearl Harbor is the same way the terrorists uh, from the right attempted to destroy America. But I want you guys to listen to uh, Brother... Um, Our brother Tim Danahy now, and then we'll take it on the other side. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we are honored once again to be with Tim Danahy from the Tim Danahy Show of the Past, which we hope to sometime... Get Back in La ola. He interviewed just about every book writer that was important and more, and former director of Coffee Party USA. Tim Donahue, thank you so kindly for being on Politics Done Right once again.
2: It's a privilege, Egberto. It's the uh, best uh, uh, talk shows I've Well, you know, Tim, let me tell you, by the way, you're going in and
0: out. Sometimes I think there's squelch maybe, and so I'll let you know if if it happens often. But anyhow, um, Tim, I I got a text this morning from you that really, you always give me good political advice, I must say. You are, I don't want to call you a moderate because I have a thing that uh, moderates really don't make a lot of difference. You do, and because your moderation comes from wanting results, unlike many who define themselves as moderate. And you said something to me that surprised me. I'll be I'll be frank. You said, would it be effective wordplay to associate Trump with a word negative to the wingers by saying Trump has declared jihad on the U.S. Constitution? To which I said, I got to talk about this because it's not just a phrase, it's a reality. Why don't you kind of expand on that?
2: Well, my thought on that is um, uh, what he is doing by trying to overthrow the election uh, is in violation of constitutional uh, provisions and governmental norms. But yet if we were to use uh, those terms, I don't think it's effective for his supporters to understand. Um, the words jihad, and I also used the word fatwa if, if you wish to elaborate on that later, But use the term jihad would be something like say, well, he's declaring war on the constitution, but it would have a negative connotation. Um, And in in fairness to the word jihad, it it is often misused. I mean, you know, uh, jihad is actually, uh, you could say that uh, I have, I could say that I have the jihad to lose weight this year. It's a personal mission, but one of the conditions is that it must be led by the person who declares it. And so um, it's accurate uh, in the context that we're talking about. uh, Donald Trump has declared a odd on the US Constitution. Now, it seems, um, you know, I I think if, if you listen to most of the people on
0: the right, they generally wrap themselves in the flag. They wrap themselves in the constitution. They wrap themselves in life, in promoting life for all but it seems like all that has happened thus far is anathema to that. Why don't you talk a little about, uh, the, I, I don't know, we can't call it projection because what they're projecting is, is diametrically opposed to what they're actually representing. Why don't you tell me your thoughts on that?
2: Well, uh, I understand what you're saying. And, and to get to that, point, perhaps we should uh, talk about a failure on the left. Um, whenever the left has a, a, a march or a protest, there are no American flags. You know, whenever there is a march, there should be American flags. This is part of the American experience. I want to stop you
0: right there. I, I want to expand on that. Uh, I love that you said that, Tim. Uh, folks, why do you, that is very important. There's nothing wrong. It is actually we who are supporting the what the personification of what America represents. Please continue. I just wanted people to
2: hear what you said there. Yeah. Well, I think that's important because in, in you see Trump hugging the flag, you see American flags, American flag jackets. I mean, it, it is part of uh, the rights campaigns, right or wrong. And, uh, the left seems to have divorced itself from America, from that American uh, symbolism. But but the left is as American as the right, and we must not divorce ourselves from uh, that reality.
0: Now, um, January sixth, the commemoration of January sixth. Um, it seems like there are two commemorations, really. One, uh, they are pretty much attempting to make it seem like January 6th was a war on uh, all that was wrong in America and people just reacting to it. And those of us who actually know that January 6th, in effect, now that we're learning a whole lot more of what happened from the communications between uh, uh, Hannity and the president and and, uh, uh, Peter Navarro explaining exactly what occurred, It seems like that was a real
2: coup attempt. So um, where do we go from here? You know, there's a word that might apply that isn't used. And I think the word would be strong. We talk about coup attempt or overthrow. Uh, We couch it. Uh, The word really might be treason. Uh, because that is what it is. It, it, it's, it's an effort to overthrow the constitutional process of the United States. So l- let's call it treason. And, um, you know, it, we're trying to um, uh, do it in different lights. But we have to side uh, with the traitors or do you side with the Constitution? Um, the Constitution is very straightforward in what the processes are for electoral colleges. Um, that is in a democratic society. We can debate that. We can debate it both ways too, Egberto. Someday you and I will. Um, but um, but that's part of the. But the, but this was a violent and coordinated, planned, uh, attempt to uh, disrupt a constitutional process. Reason. It was an in essence, it would overthrow um, the Constitution of the United States.
0: Now, I'm going to tell you something shocking and something that progressives will probably uh, slice me for, right? But in this whole dilemma, as far as how we're handling January 6th and the 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 the, the nature in which how violent it was and what it meant means to our to our country. I tell you, I think the strongest person, the person that has shown the most resolved on this whole issue, and people are not going to like it, but I think it's Cheney, uh, Representative Cheney in Congress, because in my humble opinion, she's the one that has the most to lose, and irrespective of having the most to lose, uh, she is out there not, not hiding and being a soft Republican in her attack on, uh, on what occurred, but Liz Cheney is out there putting her neck on the block. I have nothing in common with Liz Cheney at all. No, no, none of her values with respect to what I believe in social programs with what I believe in, in many other issues align with hers. But as far as being an American, as far as supporting this country, as far as making note what this country represents, I think she has shown more pelotas than Republicans and Democrats alike. I'd love to hear your opinion on that.
2: Uh, my opinion is I agree. And, and you, you know, she has a, I think a 97% conservative approval rating. And somehow that isn't enough for uh, the Republicans. Kind of a frightening thought. I mean, how do you get more than 97%? Uh, but, but let's talk about what you and uh, uh, Liz Cheney share rather than what makes you different. And, and what, what you share is an abiding respect for the Constitution. What you share is, is an understanding of the need to um, discuss issues. What you share is a respect to disagree. And both of you would work together well to carry forward what is within the principles of the United States. So let's focus on what you share. I agree with you. Um, I I think she will be a survivor. Her competition is weak, but it's unfortunate that the other nine Republicans who have uh, voted for impeachment seem to be falling by the wayside uh, for uh, various reasons, and uh, people that are are deemed to replace them in the primaries. Uh, are are actually even more frightening
0: yeah th- that is sad I tell you something I've, I've also told folks I told folks beware because I know many progressives some further left than I am you know that's not quite very easy and some like you a a a, a very solid uh, what I call a very solid moderate with values as as well I think uh, depending on what we see going down the road they'll say well you know what we don't agree with this woman, but this woman, for real, is a leader. Has proven herself to be a leader,
2: and who knows where she goes from here? Your thoughts on that? Um, I, I would say she's a leader. But first of all, and you know, have, I, I, you know we, we've had many conversations, and you and I share uh, many of, of our desired outcomes. You know, whether it be healthcare recovery, uh uh, uh uh, enforcement, uh, you know, uh, bring back the last Stiegel Act, a whole list of things. Like, Brother, you and I agree on them. Uh, uh, but I always like to say that I'm a tactical progressive. Yes. Uh, I, I just want to uh, say, how's the best way to do it? How's the, What's the best way to craft the message? What are the steps we need to do to do it? Um, you know, uh, because I understand that half of this country uh, fears the extreme uh, presentation of the left, whether it's self-inflicted or whether it's uh, less credible media outlets, uh, people fear it. So for that reason, I think it's important to say, uh, hey, what do we agree on? I bet you and I could go to the the people involved with the uh, January 6th uh, insurrection, um, and we could go there and we could say, the banks are out of control. What do you think? And they go, yeah. You know, if even I could go there and say, you know, Facebook, there has to be some sort of accountability with what's posted on it. They go, yeah. You know? And I bet, we, you know, if, if we were to, to, to hash it out, we could probably come up with 10 or 20 things where we both go, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. And so um, it, but that doesn't get presented with, uh, in, in this environment. So let's. Um, this January 6th thing, let's figure it out. It happened. We need to investigate it. It needs to see the sunlight so everybody knows. But uh, we need to tie this with the um, beauty of the Constitution rather than the ugliness of politics.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Well, look, this was an impromptu conversation that I, after getting the text, I said, you know, um, you, you, you've always had good words on, you know, on all these issues. And I wanted to kind of pick your brain here on January 6th. And as usual, uh, you absolutely never disappoint as what I always ask at the end of every conversation is, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't?
2: Um, I, I think I think you've done well, Egberto. And, and as always, it's, uh, it, it's an honor uh, to call you a friend and to be on your show and to participate in, um, quality, and meaningful discussions that you promote. Uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a service and a skill that, that we all need. Brother Tim Donahue of the
0: Tim Donahue Show, former director at Coffee Party USA, among other great things that he does. Thank you so kindly for having been on Politics Done Right.
2: My pleasure. Thank you, Edward.
0: Anyhow, folks, we got to continue. Uh, Rodden asked me to put that on the screen, and you know what? I don't I uh, verify the statement, but if that statement is true, when fascism comes to America, it will be wrapped in the flag and carrying across. Sinclair Lewis, 1935. Is that a true statement? If it's a true statement, it is also a scary statement, because, my God, it is so true, it is so true. I got another video that I need to put out there for you guys, but let me see if there's anything. Tom C, welcome aboard, uh, guys. Look at the screen. I can't. Uh, thank you, Ev- Yvette Avery. We have another good interview. Stick around for this one, guys, and share this. This is this is this one here from uh, Greg Palace. You guys have seen him here before. Is a bit more scary when for those of us who read the Constitution, understand the Constitution, and have always called it a capital document. I want you to check this out, and then we'll take it on the other side. And look, I've, folks, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and, and click the Join button. Please, please, become a member of our PDR Posse. We need subscribers right now, both on Facebook both on Facebook Live. If you're on Facebook, you can become a subscriber as well. But we also need some on Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com, such Patreon, P-A-R-P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. We also need subscribers on YouTube. If you don't hit the Join button, you can also click politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, another place that we love to get our contributions is through PayPal. politicsandright.com slash PayPal. You can either give a one-time contribution or do it on a monthly basis. Your call. We need support. We need it badly. We need it badly. So please go ahead and support the program. You can... Sh- Buy our st- stuff at our store, politicsandright.com store, hoodies, t-shirts, all that good stuff. And please get our books. I explained what our books were about yesterday, politicsandright.com books. You see them scrolling all the time on the screen, politicsandright.com books. The all-encompassing support link where you can figure out all the different ways to support us is at politicsandright.com support. Let's go ahead and get into the other interview real quickly because it, it's pretty extensive, and I think you're gonna you, it, it it's gonna it may scare a few. Check it out. Welcome to one more edition of politics. I'm Radan Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being with us. We are here with the one and only Greg Palace. You know, Greg Palace is the one who discovered the voting irregularities in many cities around the country, many states around the country, and he did it in Georgia as well. Anyhow, it's January 6th. Please, 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 Greg, give me your give me your thoughts on today. What does it mean? Where do we go from here?
3: Well, there's a, a couple thoughts about today, by the way. First, it's a good day for democracy in, in one place in Kazakhstan. I was in Kazakhstan just a few years ago and was uh, facing arrest and thrown out of the country by the dictator, a guy named Nursultan Nazarbayev. And uh, I'm glad to say that today he and his um, kleptocratic family fled. Now, where is Kazakhstan? Um, They have a lot of oil, so you'll find out when the 101st Airborne arrives there to protect the oil fields. But it's a good day where the people have risen up and they're demanding democracy in Kazakhstan. Wouldn't it be nice if Americans were as committed to democracy as people in Kazakhstan in Central Asia? And uh, that's what we're going to have to determine. Uh, I think, you know, obviously uh, the concentration Today is on the Freaks the schmucks The fools that smashed into the capital And I have to tell you What they did was ugly it was murder Because you know they literally Crushed the skull of a cop With a fire extinguisher They murdered a cop um, And, um, and uh, You know so I'm, I'm not Downplaying what these, what these Idiots did but they weren't the real Threat to democracy The real threat to democracy was two days earlier when Donald Trump um, forced Mike Pence and others to listen to and read a memo by a guy named John Eastman, a lawyer, who's saying here's how Trump holds on to power, keeps the presidency, and overturns the vote of the electoral college as well as the popular vote. By using in our Constitution, the 12th Amendment. Now, most people have never heard of the 12th Amendment. You know, you know the First Amendment about speech. And the Second Amendment is your gun. And the Fifth Amendment, you can't incriminate. Who's ever heard of the 12th Amendment? The answer is this is a special amendment uh, passed uh, just after the original 10 amendments um, in uh, around 1800 and uh, 1802, something, that area. And it allowed, if there was a dispute over who the electors were for the electoral college it would be resolved in the house of representatives so the idea for uh, and it would be one state one vote so think about this there's a dispute um in 2000 and 2024 just as there were in 2020 but in 2024 we now have a we have a republican majority senate if uh, that's a real possibility Because it's 50-50 now Almost a certain Republican majority in the House So there's a dispute About the vote in Georgia Because once again, let's say Biden's running for re-election uh, If Biden Runs for re-election and he gets Wins Georgia by 12,000 votes as he did last time This time you can count on the Georgia Legislature You can count on the Georgia legislature To certify Not the Biden electors But to certify the Electorist Electoral College committed to Trump. Now you saying, oh, well, wait a minute, what about our right to vote? Read your damn Constitution. There is no right to vote, not one word protecting your right to vote in the United States Constitution, nor its amendments. This is not an oversight. Uh, John Adams, uh, Madison, they were dead set against democracy. Um, they talked about it as the most dangerous form of government. They were looking at the French Revolution, and they decided that the Declaration of Independence, which created the Confederation of States, was too close to democracy. So they needed to document the Constitution that would prevent democracy. So as, as one Oxford Don says, the Declaration of Independence gave us democracy, the Constitution took it away. Thomas Jefferson was away in France supporting the Revolution. He had nothing to do with writing the Constitution, vehemently opposed it, especially this idea that the public does not choose the president. So we don't have a presidential, we don't vote for our president, electors vote for our president. And in the constitution, who chooses the electors? Not the public, not the voters, but state legislatures. And so you could very well have Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, where the state legislatures will say, oh, there's all this voter fraud. We're gonna overturn. We're going to choose the Trump electors, let's assuming he's the candidate again, we're going, to assume, uh, we're going to take on the Trump electors and certify them, and that will make – if that doesn't make Trump president, they will dispute the outcome, and then it goes to the 12th Amendment where one state gets one vote. I know this is complicated, but this is your constitution. The constitution should say the voters, the majority of voters, pick the president. But no, it says that the legislatures do, and if that creates controversy, then it goes to the House – Where it's one state, one vote. Rhode Island will get the same vote as California. And they have 27, uh, Republicans now control 27 state delegations. So um, Biden could win, would lose, even if he wins the popular vote, even if he wins the electoral college vote. It could be overturned in the House by one state, one vote, figure 23. Uh, or 24 votes, say, for Biden, because you include Washington, D.C., and um, one uh, and 23 votes, uh, f- 23 votes for Biden, 27 votes for Trump. And that's what could happen in the oh, next we need election. To, we
0: need to clarify something here, because this is very important here. Yes. In effect, you are saying that the scheme that they wrote up in uh, in, in the White House was legal. And not yes. only was it legal, what you're saying is that the only thing they could probably pin on the leaders of the insurrection, the insurrectionists are gonna to go to jail. Those are the peons that went ahead and did violent yeah. things. <laughs> right, what They're you're the pawns. saying. Yeah, what you're saying is the implication of what that theory of uh, of re- uh, overturning the election it actually passes constitutional muster. And the only legal framework that we have is to try to use the federal laws that said, well, when you spoke to that guy saying, give me X amount of votes, now that
3: particular act was illegal. Yeah, but that wouldn't change the outcome of an election. In America, we have this odd business. If you remember, like you said, for those who've read my books like The Best Democracy Money Can Buy or seen my film, The Best Democracy Money Can Buy, in fact, if you go to gregpalace.com, you'll see my latest investigations on vote thievery. The problem is, is that If you steal an election, you're still inaugurated. It doesn't take away your uh, your um, your seat. You might go to jail. So, like, you know, maybe Trump would go to jail, but that doesn't take away his. uh, He can't go to jail if he's reelected, by the way. So, you know, it's not illegal. It's not illegal uh, to uh, to ignore the will of the people. What I'm saying is right in our Constitution, 12th Amendment. And by the way. It's kind of been used – it was used almost immediately when um, um, uh, Jackson, Andrew Jackson, won the presidency. He won the popular vote. He won the electoral vote. But they used the 12th Amendment to deny him the presidency the first time he ran. And and, uh, John Quincy Adams was named president in 1804, though he lost the popular vote and he lost the electoral vote. They used the 12th Amendment in each state – got to vote and they voted uh, to put in John Quincy Adams instead of the choice of the public Uh, later four years later Jackson won anyway but we also had this constitutional shenanigans go on much more recently because if you think that by the way the Supreme Court will step in and say now that wasn't fair no 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 because you've already seen this court now it's more conservative back in 2000 in 2000 Many people know that I did an investigation of that election, the Al Gore versus George W. Bush. What I found is 58,000 black people were wrongly removed from the voter rolls, saying that they were ex-cons felons who at the time couldn't vote in in Florida. Not one, not one of those people were guilty of any felony. They were only guilty of voting while black. Now, that bent the election, but even worse, when it went to the Supreme Court, because Al Gore didn't had that information from me but didn't use it in the supreme court he wasn't a big fan of mine uh still isn't um uh, when they went to the supreme court the the issue in bush v gore or gore v bush was that um the state of florida under its secretary of state katherine harris had stopped the vote count when george bush was supposedly head by just 537 votes but here's what most people don't understand about that case they stopped the vote count when there were 178,000 uncounted ballots most of those 29,000 the biggest lump were from jacksonville an african american city mostly african american cities and towns had not completed their vote count so they were excluded If you had counted all those ballots, Al Gore won by a very comfortable margin in Florida and therefore should have been president. However, the Florida legislature, and listen to the craziness of our Constitution, the Florida legislature voted to end the count, despite 178,000 uncounted ballots, to end the count and certify the slate for George Bush despite what the public wanted in Florida. So the legislature chose it. And that, by the way, is in the second article of the Constitution. So we've got another danger, as we had in Florida, where the Supreme Court said, well, the second article of the Constitution doesn't say you have a right to vote. It says that the legislature of a state chooses the electors that go to the Electoral College. So once again, not the voters, state legislatures. And that's the legal hook that they used to make Bush president in 2000. So if you think we haven't had an undemocratic coup d'etat, well, what the hell was 2000, Egberto?
0: Yeah, well, you know, that that is so true. And the the thing about it is uh, you you lay out the case. But I also say that uh, the the Democrats, as well as Al Gore, are complicit in wanting the maintenance of the system, because most Americans don't know what you've just thought, what, what you've just stated. If Al Gore went, uh, to put it crazy, bat you know what, crazy, and started saying, look, what they're doing here is using the Constitution to present us as the undemocratic republic that we are. It's time to have constitutional amendments. It's time to have these types of things. Americans still think this is a democracy. The problem is, I think many plutocrat- plutocratic Democrats are uh, complicit in this fraud.
3: Well, yeah, because in the end, there's one party, what I call Hezbollah Shekel, the party of the cash. Right. Um, And so the elites, the elites are very concerned about no longer being elite. Uh, If you really had a true democracy, we had direct election of our presidents. We had direct, you know, it wasn't until, by the way, uh, 100 years ago that we won won direct election of U.S. senators. That was the same system where the legislators. But it's still fraudulent because
0: they didn't mind doing that, Greg. Because when you have two senators from South Dakota, two senators from North Dakota, Idaho and I and these other places, you know that you have misrepresentation with a bias towards you know whom.
3: Well, well think of this. California gets two electoral votes. and if you go to my, uh, my Greg you'll see my discussion, right? So you get excuse. they have two um, senators, Senator. California with yes. uh, almost 40 million people. You have Wyoming with a half a million people. Right, gets two senators. So, in other words, one voter in Wyoming has eighty times the political power of right. a voter in California. And worse, bigger than Wyoming is the population of Washington D.C., which gets zero senators. Right, and and it's not incidentally an African American city. So we have Americans who don't get senators. So what we have uh, tiny states with senators equal to the power of the majority of the population of America. You have to think about this. The Republicans, right. it may be a 50-50 Senate.
0: It's not 50-50 at all, yes. Uh, at,
3: for population. So it's 50-50 right. Republican Democrats in the Underwise. Senate because South Dakota and North Dakota get four senators. With you know, We now know from, as we know with Manchin, uh, we now are very aware of two senators from West Virginia who can outweigh the votes of New York, Illinois, and California combined. And how is that democracy? Again, it was about creating a nobility. So that it's not surprising that the Senate is known as the Millionaires Club uh-huh. and it's quickly becoming the Billionaires Club. So that you have elites very, very panicked in both parties about democracy. You know,
0: it's amazing because David Cobb, once uh, we were discussing the Constitution, he ran for president on the uh, green party and we 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 served to together and moved to amend sure. and he looked at me and he said egberto this isn't a democracy do remember the only thing special about the constitution is that the constitution is a capital document it is a it, it is a document that's simply there to maintain capital
3: nothing more well yes in fact actually um uh, let me see if i can uh uh read you um This is the statement of one of our great founding fathers, uh, Thomas, uh, um, excuse me, John Adams, who was the second president of the United States. And he said that he he was afraid of democracy, and that's why he was one of the promoters of the Constitution. Remember, we had uh, George uh, Washington was not our first president. He was actually our fifth. We first had a confederation of states. Right. Thomas Jefferson Hated the constitution, he was in France supporting the French Revolution, so he wasn't at the constitutional convention. Then he came back and said, What the hell have you guys done? And so, therefore, he said, We have to put some limits on this crazy thing. And that was the create, and that was the base of the creation of the Bill of Rights. But Adams said that democracy is a dangerous thing because it's an instrument of, and I'm quoting him now, the firewomen, but which are like, um, lazy, um. Um, you know, ditto heads. The stage players, the atheists, the deists, the scribblers for any cause at three bucks a day, the Jews and other undesirables who would, quote, destroy all nobles. Again, this is a quote hey, from John me? Adams. You know, you're going to have all these undesirables now. Um, you know, said so that he didn't include oh, black gracias, people because they didn't gracias, have the vote. But They, at, they didn't the have the time, vote anyway, yeah. At the time, by the way, one of the things he was afraid of was that when the French Revolution... Uh, um, after storming the Bastille in the French Revolution, that black people in Haiti were named as full citizens of France. Uh, you know, Napoleon withdrew that later, but uh, when he became emperor, and democracy ended. But uh, you know, actually, you had this huge uh, number of new African uh, uh, American. That uh, was you know, before to Saint-Lavatour,
0: right? Uh, right?
3: And so you actually had citizenship and voting rights for black people right after the French Revolution. And this was very scary to the Americans, to the American elite. He says, you know, that's an important point where he says that this type of democracy, quote, will, quote, destroy all nobles. He didn't mean that as a good thing, like we're going to destroy nobility and privilege. He thought that as a dangerous, horrible thing that we're going to destroy the nobles. So they created this constitution where you'd have this Senate and they were thinking of the Roman Senate where you had these in the Roman Senate only patricians could serve. Now, remember when they wrote the constitution in most states, you actually had to have property to be able to vote. So they thought, well, if we give the president the power to choose senators, which later changed, and the power to choose the president to state legislators and not to voters, then we can be sure that the landed gentry Will will do the right thing and give us a nice uh, noble as president.
0: That is amazing. Uh, It is amazing, but I think it is important to note that those who are fighting on January 6th, those who went and invaded the capital, little do they know that they were really invading to support people that have, that doesn't have their interests at hand. Let's close it with you finish in that particular thought.
3: Okay, the 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 people, you know that that's one of the problems that we do have with democracy. But I'll still take it over any other form of system. You can fool, as as a a, a wiser man than me once said, you can fool some of the people all of the time. And so you have literally these poor guys smashing into the capital. All those reports it turns out by the way the majority were white collar workers or or small business owners. That's the majority of people who were arrested and charged in the capital attack of the 725 charged so far. And but these are people who really believe that their best interests were served by Donald Trump, the guy who said, you know, let's fight the billionaires even though he's a billionaire. <laughs> Let's fight all their special privileges and tax breaks, even though he had the privileges and tax breaks. It was a con job and we'll always have con jobs and it'll always suck in, as Lincoln said, some of the people all the time and all the people some of the time. So that's always the danger. But democracy still seems to have this self correcting mechanism where people can wise up. But that's why this show, your comments, you know, The most important thing we can do, the most important thing we can do, there's my assistant showing up, (laughs) the most important thing we can do is un-stupid ourselves and find out what's going on in this planet from Kazakhstan to the 12th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Uh, We're not going to, as Jefferson said, his push for universal education was part of his push for democracy. He said, one thing you don't want to do is have have a stupid electorate. You know, I don't know if we've lived up to what you had in mind, Tom, but uh, we're trying.
0: I want, I I said that was the last question, but I want you to, um, you know, we've been concerned that the the place has been moving progressively to the right, the the world uh, pretty much. I wanted to address what recently occurred in Chile, where we actually got some progressive movements, maybe a directional
3: change in Latin America. Well, once again, what we had in, in Chile, uh, for those, uh, we just had the election of a left-wing president. After years, after Several decades of kind of neoliberal presidents, not always conservative. Some were very, um, would be considered, uh, you know, equivalent politically to Joe Biden, you know, kind of uh, middle of the road Democrat types. But they've never had, but they haven't had a radical in half a century since Salvador Allende was elected. And killed, yeah. Yeah, and killed. So for those who don't know the story, back in 1970, on September 11th, 1970, to be exact, um, a coup directed by Henry Kissinger and Richard Nixon from the U.S. We now have all the cables and everything Overthrew the government, the elected government of Chile, because the elected government of Chile was run by a uh, a duly elected member of the communist. He was a socialist and he um, nationalized the copper mines and the electric system and the phone company, which were owned by American corporations and therefore we ended up saying well we like democracy but not if it impinges on on the profits of our corporations so we overthrew that government and thousands of people were murdered who tried to defend democracy and so now in chile we see the resurgence of the reaction to that kind of it was a coup d'etat that was not only political but it was corporate you basically had the corporations overthrowing a government that was in their way and now there is finally a reaction against it and that's uh, and that's extraordinary and we're going to see that throughout latin america it goes back and forth i expect uh right now we have this uh ultra right uh anti-vaxxer president of brazil named bolsonaro i think he won't be lasting Honestly, he makes it yeah yeah and i think that you're going to have the return of the socialist leader uh who is very popular and very successful lula lula oh so, yeah so i do think that uh that the world is is wising up to these so-called populists Populists who are anti the populists, I <laughs> rich guys who are like saying, no, don't you don't want worker protection. We got so to cut to
0: here. here, man. We got to cut here. I, I am. Okay. I can't wait for. Uh, yes. Da Silva. Uh, Lula Da Silva. I can't wait for him to get reelected in, in Brazil. But anyhow, Greg Palast, author of How Trump Sold, Stole 2020, he almost did it.
3: 44,000 votes.
0: It. almost did it hey buddy thank you so kindly for having been on politics done right you
3: keep doing what you do because we need your work out there thank you so much go to GregPalace.com and i'll be back with you egberto anytime you want thanks a lot bye
0: all right folks i hope you enjoyed that sorry for the the open mic anyhow folks uh we are gonna we we're, we're coming close to the end of the show. Thank you, Bridge, for being here. Happy birthday, Bridge! Feliz cumpleaños, Bridge! I think it's tomorrow, but in case you don't show up tomorrow, I want you to know that we have you in our thoughts. Matt Ransom, no Trump loss, big time. Uh, Masticator, welcome. Uh, let's see who else we got here that I haven't saluted yet. Uh, Matt Ransom, I think I didn't salute you yet. Eric Hayes, I got to you. Uh, para ver quién más está aquí. Allison Waters, I think I got to you as well. Uh, Lee Grant. Are you making trouble today, Lee Grant? Are you making trouble? I don't think you are. You're, good. you're, you're a good conservative, brother. Okay, let's see. Ken uh, Anyway, you guys have some great commentary there. Anyone else here? Egberto in the background. Yeah, that was me. Sorry, Alistair. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Norman can scored me up. Egberto turned that damn mic off. Okay, sir. Thank you. Uh, Let's see what else we got here and and that is by the way you guys you know Some of you that are here every day when we have technical difficulties remember to keep call low. I am having to control every aspect of the uh, Broadcast whether it's here or on KPFT 90.1 FM when I'm doing it So it's it's a lot of work doing the, the 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 transmission and everything all at once So thank you guys for helping out Brian Miner. I think I answered your question for you earlier Peggy Lopez, cómo estás, corazón? I don't think I saluted you yet. Uh, everybody else, I think I gave you a mention. If I haven't, drop me a line, and I will because I'm shutting this baby down in 60 seconds. Anyhow, thank you guys for being here. I hope you enjoyed the show. I wanted to get, uh, I wanted to get those two friends um, that I co- these great political activists I consider friends. Thank you, Eric, for the kudos. You know you're the man as well. We, we, we have issues to talk about but we are one big family right here at politics done right by aVQ stick around the whole time again love you brother all right we got to get out of here my name is Egberto. Oh before I get it ask you one more time right please folks if you are on YouTube please click that join button don't 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 not click the join button to become a part of our Posse we need you we want you so just click that join button become a part of the PDR Passe. I promise you, we are frugal. Ask anybody who knows me. We gave up everything for this. Frugal. With tu dinero. Uh, you can also support us if you don't see a join button on YouTube. Or if you're not on YouTube, just go ahead and support us at politicsunright.com slash YouTube. politicsunrightcom slash YouTube. Where are you, YouTube? Okay, there we go. Politicsandright.com. YouTube. You can also support us at politicsandright.com slash patron. Patron is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Alternatively, and the preferred method is politicsandright.com PayPal, where you can provide support via a one-time support or you can do it on a monthly support, however you prefer. Get our books at politicsandright.com books. Those three books, I promise you, you'll learn a lot from those three books. And the all-encompassing support link is politicsandright.com support. You didn't see Lawrence Sims become a member? No, I didn't see Lawrence Sims become a member. I, it didn't show up on my screen. Lawrence Sims, thank you so kindly for being a member. It didn't show up on my screen for some reason. I'll get the flag for you later on. Sorry about that. Welcome, Lawrence Sims, to the show. Welcome to the posse. I, I just have, what can I say? Anyway, duck that quacks, have a good one. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right and you guys know how I end this baby, I am what?